These are the facts. The world is in trouble, but we're going to straighten it out. We are going to build the wall, okay? Don't worry. America first. Together, we will make America great again. That's what I do. I fix things. We're going to straighten it out. It's time for Unprecedented in the company of our White House watcher, Adrian Collins, co-owner of the website The Fourth Wall. Uh, Adrian, as always, hello and welcome. Thanks very much, George. Uh, it's another week in uh, President Trump's presidency. Uh, at this point, some of his major critics thought he'd be, he'd be gone, so he's still there. I think it's a better week for him. It is because they actually have a piece of legislation in the Senate that they believe that they can pass, that they have the votes to pass. And this is a topic that we've talked about again and again and again here, which is healthcare. Now, I'm not going to go on and on about healthcare again this time because I think we've been through this bill. Yeah, but is he going to get it through? That's the only question. The only question is, does it get through or does it not? It looks like, or well, they, the Senate Republicans certainly think that they have a chance of getting it through because they want to bring it for vote as early as next week. So late on Thursday evening, Irish time, about 10, 11 o'clock, we got our first glimpse of this bill. And this is kind of what I want to concentrate on this time around. It's not necessarily what's in the bill. We know it's going to be bad because we saw the House version of this Health Care Repeal Act, uh, which essentially strips millions of people of their health care. What I wanted to concentrate on when we discussed it this time is the fact is the way that the Senate Republicans have done this. So a couple of weeks ago, one of Mitch McConnell's aides was asked, why can't people see this? Why are you doing this, you know, in a back room with 13 people and it's not in a public process? And that aide said, well, we're not stupid. So which is an extraordinary statement for somebody in the government to say, we're not stupid because we don't want people to see what's in this because we know it's bad. And that's been the line that Democrats have taken over the last couple of days with Chuck Schumer, minority leader Chuck Schumer, saying that they're ashamed of this bill. Back in 2009, the Republicans were complaining about the way that the Democrats were trying to get their health care bill through, which is very similar or has a lot of echoes to what Democrats are saying today. So here's Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House you'd be familiar with, and Mitch McConnell from the Senate, who are both pretty much saying, back in 2009, exactly the same thing that Democrats are saying now. Are Republicans being genuine in their complaint that this is moving too quickly? Well, yes. I don't think we should pass bills that we haven't read, that we don't know what they cost. I mean, that, I don't think that's being abusive. There are many proposals that we've put out there to say, let's get everybody insured. Let's get everybody insured who has pre-existing conditions. You can do this without the government taking it over, without all these new taxes and, and new spending programs. And so we want to see health care reform done, but we want to do it right. And if you rush this thing through before anybody even knows what it is, that's not good democracy. That's not doing our work for our constituents. What's wrong with going home for August, having town hall meetings, listening to our constituents, and then coming back in September and doing Right. Let me just say in the beginning that if they were proud of this bill, they wouldn't be doing it this way. They wouldn't be jamming it through in the middle of the night. And that really sums up, I think, what we've seen on full display here as they try to bob and weave and hide from the American people who have made it abundantly clear they do not support what they know about this bill. And the reason for that, obviously, is that we know from all the survey data that Americans are overwhelmingly opposed to this bill. This bill is a legislative train wreck. 
of historic proportions. But that's all very well. There are probably tons of bills in, in Dáil Éireann, in Westminster, in, in America, which mightn't be great. But it, the purpose of politics is to get your legislation through. So the only thing that counts here, like we, we like people will argue about this, and, and I don't think it's a great bill either. Um, but then I didn't think the Obama bill was a great bill because, and, and we could spend another program entirely talking about how you do healthcare in America. I mean, it'd be really interesting if Trump and Obama had a debate in Trinity College Dublin about the HSE and the Irish Health Service and the amount of time people spend on trolleys or whatever. So healthcare is difficult. That's the first thing. Who knew it could be so difficult to, to paraphrase somebody? <laughs> right. So is he going to get it through? Come on, put your you-know-what on the block. I think he will. And part of it is because he has, part of all of this has led up to, he, now he's stood up in front of the, the Republicans in apparently a closed-door meeting and said, this bill is mean and it hurts the people. He lit, uh, The quote was mean. And apparently there was an expletive in there as well. And that it hurts the people who voted for him. And he said that on Fox News. He was speaking to uh, Tucker Carlson. He said, yes, this is. I know it's going to hurt my voters. But part of it is I have to get something done. Republicans, the base of Republicans, have campaigned on getting Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, out, repeal it at whatever cost. And they'll worry about it later. And what they have done to try and help people is push a lot of the biggest cuts seven years down the line. It's a very funny number if you think about it. They'll all kick in in November of 2020, which is odd, isn't it? When or 2024, whatever. When he's about to go, yeah, exactly. But but having said that, um, they'd be the most painful cuts as well. The, the biggest cuts yeah. will kick in as he leaves if he gets two terms. But Obama uh, has stuck his oar in this week, and understandably, first of all, I think Obama sticks his oar in too much for a former president. But more importantly, of course, this hurts Obama more than almost anything else because Absolutely. Obamacare. Uh, epitomizes the Obama presidency. He saw it as his New Deal. The, yeah. the FDR New Deal. His was going to be what he does. Yeah. That changes the American landscape. He didn't do much else. Well, he was obstructed at every turn, and the Trump. The reason that uh, Chuck Schumer again, the uh, Democratic senator, was saying that they will try and slow this bill down. But what you would normally do to slow this bill down is to start taking your time on all the other legislation that they have in front of them in the Senate. There's no real legislation in front of them in the Senate because Trump has been so disorganized. So Trump hasn't done anything, or this Trump administration hasn't done anything that they can debate. Okay, but there is... So this way is so important. He needs to get this over the line. But there is a point here also. And uh, just this week, I heard Eamon Ryan of the Green Party, who is probably Trump's greatest critic in Ireland, uh, with deep disappointment talking about the fact that the Democrats had, were beaten in that by-election in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, like, that was against all the odds that, that you have the most unpopular president in history, you have all the numbers against the Republicans, and they still win the by-election, despite Democrats uh, spend an enormous amount of money. And just Yesterday, Nancy Pelosi is coming of the Democrats uh, is coming in for ferocious criticism because they lost that election. So Democrats are in disarray because they can't ultimately they can't land a punch on they, President Trump. No, they can't. And the problem for a lot of them has been 
what they've shown on this healthcare bill is unity. Every Democrat is behind this. They thought that a lot of the Republicans thought they might be able to pick some of the Democrats off by offering uh, certain things to their districts, whatever it is. It's been all Democrats all against this because not every Democrat was 100% for Obamacare, but they all are 100% against this bill. The other thing about this Georgia 6th congressional district election that John Ossoff lost was it was... You're the only person in Ireland that can trot John Ossoff off the tongue and expect everybody to know who he's talking about. It was the the candidate in this this congressional (laughs) district that lost the race. The Democrat, yeah. Yeah, the Democrat. Beat Um, by a woman, Mary Mitchell O'Connor will be delighted to hear. Yeah, she will. (laughs) Um, And the, the, the issue there, I suppose, is to look at not only just what happened in that race, which is it was a hard district for a Democrat to win, but also that they were, he didn't really go against this healthcare bill. He didn't really go against Trump all that much. Their their general line was, we're not Trump, which has been a Democratic line since Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but hold on, he he did say that this election would send a message across America that the American people didn't want Trump. He nailed it. He he said this election is about Donald Trump. And, and they got their answer. They got their answer. But they got their answer in a, in a kind of a half way. I'm not excusing his loss. I genuinely think that the Democrats don't... The reason he was saying, oh, you know, this is a... a about a vote about Trump is because they don't really have any other substantive policy that they can all agree on. He needed to lean to the right because the general district leans to the right. So you can't go around right. there hoping for votes from rich uh, suburbanites by saying, right. I'm going to take money off you and give it to the poor. Yeah, but the Democrats at the moment are a bit like uh, Conor McGregor and Mary Weather or whatever his name is. <laughs> like, he won't land a blow and the Democrats won't land a blow. Like, they haven't got him on the Russian jet. They haven't got him. Now, maybe all this will come Long eventually, it took a long time to catch up with Nixon, but so far, despite all the bluster, despite undoubtedly someone who I think is emotionally uh, not suited to be president of the United States, such is the nature of democratic uh, policies that he's going to hang around. And the second thing is the people, the more he's been attacked, the interesting thing here is, and I've been thinking about this a lot uh, over the weeks as you and I talk, the more the liberal media attack him, the more his supporters are rallying around. So in fact, what in my view, the liberal media are doing is strengthening his base uh, rather than weakening it. I mean, any old idiot in the New York Times, the Irish Times or the London Times can write an article and say, Trump's an idiot. And all the people who read those liberal papers will say, oh, you're so right, Trump's an idiot. But in the heartland of America who voted for Trump, they'll say, well, if that's they think I'm an idiot, because that's what they're saying. You voted for an idiot, therefore you must be an idiot. And that is a very difficult thing to come back from. Can I just say, speaking of idiots... <laughs> and you're looking directly at me, go on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, this week I was on the front page of the Boston Globe. I did not know that. In a picture, 
and not so flattering, but nevertheless, <laughs> picture of me on the front page of the Boston Globe because this fella Cunningham, who is about to be deported, I said, well, he was a bit of an idiot going on primetime television <laughs> and being the legal immigrant. And the Boston Globe picked it up and there was Hookie on the front of the Boston Globe. Did you get a plug-in for the show, for the for yeah, president? I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> All I, the readers of the Boston Globe are Democrats. Before uh, before we go off, to the, you've brought up the press and I think it's important. Um, the, the whole idea of a free press in the United States to criticise the president is in the Constitution. It's vital. So the Republicans are, are picking what bits of the Constitution they want to defend and what bits of the Constitution they want to ignore. So they want to defend gun rights, but they're not particularly pleased about the free press because they get a hard run from the liberal media. A lot of the media is left-leaning. People, woolly liberals like myself, working in the media. But the the other thing is... I think you flatter yourself, <laughs> calling yourself a woolly liberal. I mean, everybody in journalism, by and large, jur- journalism is a liberal trade. It, 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 the nature of it means that you tend to be a liberal if you're in journalism. That's the nature of it. And it's been that way since Samuel Pepys. If Samuel Pepys, by the way, did not contest the 6th District in Atlanta <laughs> against John Ossoff. Yeah. The, well, I... Yes and no. I think in the in the United States there is a very strong conservative media. You have Breitbart, which is a kind of alt-right website. You have Fox News, which is definitely right-wing. You have all these bloggers and essentially conspiracy theorists like Jack Posobiec, who is the guy, the Pizzagate scandal, if you remember, claiming that there was a, a paedophile ring running out of a, run by Hillary Clinton out of a pizza chain, right? That these was that pe- not true? No, no, it was not true. <laughs> but okay. they had they had all these... Like all these people who have come to media attention, CNN is as guilty because they're doing it on the left. They are chasing ratings as well. I want to go somewhere which is actually quite important. And you insist on going to newspapers. I'll give you 30 seconds to make your point in newspapers before we go on something important. Okay. Well, one of the things that they're doing is they're closing down these press briefings, these everyday press briefings. Sean Spicer, who we're all familiar with, might become the ambassador to Ireland isn't doing press briefings on camera anymore. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's the deputy, she apparently isn't doing... They're not allowed to record them. They're not allowed to video them. The reason that they're doing this is, one, they've delegitimized the press by calling it all fake news. So people are getting confused between opinion journalism, like Fox News or Jack Posobiec, who's a conspiracy theorist, and actual news, like news agencies, like the AP, who just reported as fact. Now it's all smeared as fake news. And you can do that and undermine that, and then you can block them off on the other side. So what they're doing is curtailing the freedom of the press by labelling them all as fake and then restricting their access. This is very dangerous. Right. I think what's far more dangerous is the shooting down of a plane. Yeah, this is a... a, I'm kind of... I'm also kind of concerned. We talk about healthcare. We talk about all the domestic things that are going on. I'm far more concerned that my grandchildren might be living in a nuclear winter. That's... Yeah, there's a very real possibility. The tensions between the US and Russia have been escalating steadily, even under Trump, who said, who campaigned on, wouldn't it be great if we had more of a chance to chat with Russia, a better relationship? So this week, a fighter that was described as a Cold War era fighter was shot down over Syria by American coalition forces who were defending... Syria is an incredibly complicated situation. You've got Iran, you've got Turkey, you've got... Yeah, (laughs) all of these countries involved, but America is backing this democratic force, the Syrian democratic force. A fighter made an attack on them and US fighters shot it down 
Apparently another one same on Tuesday, they warned it and it left. But this has caused tensions to spike between Russia and the United States. Apparently dialogue has slowed, has stopped between them. And then also you have, Trump has basically said to the Secretary of Defense that he can add more troops to Afghanistan. That Afghanistan war is now 16 years in the, in the running. Vietnam was nearly 20, so this is going to head that way. You're escalating tensions with North Korea over this Otto Warmbler student who was arrested there, came back in a coma and died. This is three very big battles across North Korea, which is a nuclear power, Russia, which is obviously a huge power that wants some sort of confrontation with the United States. And Trump seems to be sort of sleepwalking into all of this. He's criticised North Korea in a tweet earlier this week saying, at least China tried, but they're kind of vaguely threatening that you know, this yeah, is the next chapter. Yeah, but how do you offend North Korea, which is the most offensive nation uh, on earth? I mean, why would you want, like, I mean, you can't offend them. They are beyond offense. I mean, they are pariahs in in the civilized world. I'm, really. not, I'm not worried about offending yeah, them. Well, what I'm worried know. about it is, is this escalating tensions but between Russia and North Korea and the United if, States. And Yeah, but if Trump had written a tweet saying North Korea is wonderful, it wouldn't have made any difference either. Russia is a different ball of wax because one presumes over the skies and on the ground in Syria, there is such a complexity, which you talked about, of different forces that I'm sure you wouldn't know who's good and who's bad, who's my friend and who's my enemy. Anyway, so the possibility of somebody getting um, shot down in error or otherwise, is really high. And that's what then creates something else. So you shoot my plane, I'll shoot your plane down. Now, the, exactly. Russians, the Russians shot down a drone or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first step. Well, this was, they have this, essentially, a hotline where they can call and say, look, we're sending bombers out or we're sending artillery out, so don't shoot us. That line, after this plane was shot down, was apparently closed. Now, it has been opened back up. There's some dialogue going on. But that exponentially increases the risk of an American fighter shooting down a Russian fighter. And then all of a sudden, where are we? That's a huge confrontation between two superpowers. I think, you know, it demonstrates where you woolly liberals are at that you spend an enormous amount of time worrying about some fella going to accident and emergency. Meanwhile, there's a nuclear bomb on its way to Dublin and you're quite casual about the whole thing. I mean, that demonstrates where your head is. Well, if they can, if they if they bomb Dublin, then I'd be worried more about the accuracy of their computer <laughs> systems than anything else. And Dublin, Ireland said Dublin, Virginia. All right, listen to me. Just quickly... You slipped it in under the radar, if that's not a continuation of our, <laughs> yeah. our con- conversation about shooting planes down. Sean Spicer to be ambassador to Ireland. This is apparently one of the things that's that's been mooted as a possible move for him. Now he's, His granddaddy came from Mayo or something. Yeah, he? and he's... Uh, Part of the reason is they're closing off these press briefings, but both him and Sarah Huckabee Sanders have been particularly bad at dealing with the press. And Spicer has to go out and lie a lot of the time and he spent the last six months saying oh I'll ask I, I haven't spoken to the president about that you haven't spoken to the president about tax about health care about Sorry, anything state. right hold hey, hold yeah, so woolly liberal can you please get back to the <laughs> point that issue is he going to be the ambassador to Ireland it looks like it's a very real possibility but a lot of the uh, some some people that are in a shake-up would essentially be sent out to different ambassadorships around the place. Sean Spicer could be sent to Ireland. We don't know. It's w- another one of those things that he's mooting. But he's also, uh, a couple of weeks ago, apparently Sean Spicer is a very devout Catholic, was absolutely 
on the edge of his seat, thrilled about the possibility of meeting the Pope in the Vatican. And Donald Trump made sure that he wasn't in the room when he went to meet the Pope. So if Sean Spicer wants the ambassadorship to Ireland, you can guarantee he won't get it. I lost you there. <laughs> Essentially. Trump doesn't like him as what Trump doesn't. Trump doesn't like him and would right, rather so screw him over than, than, oh, I see. than give right. him the job he wants. There you have it, unprecedented with my guest, Adrian Collins, who, of course, is the co-owner of the website, The Fourth Wall. Every week at this time, you can find it as our podcast on iTunes or News Talk. Hail to the team, hail to the team.